intercepted. Yes, it is. And Columbia has knocked off Harvard. Welcome back to another episode of Captain's Corner presented by JAG Physical Therapy. Uh, we're going into week six with the Columbia football captains. I'm Mike Kowalski filling in for Aaliyah Funchell. Uh, Steve Speedling is going to join us in a moment. But, guys, uh, thanks, to join, thanks for joining us as always. No problem. Happy to be here. Thanks for having yes. us. Another yeah. Monday we woke up alive and well. Yep, no question. So let's just jump into it, and then we'll get into – a couple segments and uh, preview the Dartmouth game ahead. But obviously homecoming was last Saturday against Penn. Uh, close game seems to be always close games on homecoming, close games against Penn for the most part. Uh, like let, let's just walk through it a little bit before we kind of move on uh, to, to Dartmouth this week. Uh, yeah, I think it was, it, was, it was a great game from the sense of being able to play in front of our home crowd on homecoming. Obviously a disappointing result. Um, I think it was a lot of things you look back on the film at, and you could see that we kind of left out there on the field. Um, I think we played our brand of football. It was just a lot of uh, mental mistakes and mental errors that had us in crunch time, and it gets a little frustrating when you get to the last drives of the game, and uh, as a defense, we somehow seem to let guys off the hook when we pretty much beaten up on them all game. So that's that's really the frustrating part, especially in league play. That's been for us. So looking back on it, it's kind of you figure out, like, okay, like this is becoming a pattern, and you kind of figure out ways to fix it. Um, but homecoming was good. Good to see the guys that got inducted to Hall of Fame. They had some great words of encouragement. Um, got to see my family as well. So I think the biggest lesson coming out of it is like have to play all the way through all four quarters. Dominating somebody for three quarters is not enough. So yeah, um, I guess my take is just well. Number one, my biggest takeaway is uh, just how fortunate we are to play in the league. I, it's such a great league to be a part of. Um, if you look at the scores uh, at this point in the season for all the league games, top to bottom, it's been close games for everybody. I, think. I can't even think of one game. I mean, I guess the Harvard-Cornell game got uh, out of hand at the end. That's just one off the top of my head. But, I mean, that was a close game throughout. Um, it's just so it's so fun uh, to be able to play in such competitive games. Um, with that being said, um, I think we could take the next step and just – Stop keeping teams in games, to be honest with you. And, and um, like CJ said, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it's you know we're, we're playing pretty good football right now. Um, but not we're not we're playing our worst when it matters the most. So um, the overall product um, doesn't mean as much when you can't come through in crunch time. So that's our focus, and I know we're going to harp on that uh, for the last five weeks here, but. You know where we are as a team right now. It's um, we're doing a lot of good things, um, and we're playing good football for the most part. Um, it's just about getting over the hump and just closing teams out. And I think that's something we're gonna we're gonna see here over the last five weeks. I'm I'm confident to say that. Uh, yeah, just to echo what these guys have said. Um, uh, you know, CJ touched on a little bit about you know we were in control of that game for three quarters, and then. You know the you know the wheels fall off a little bit. The offense kind of stalled out. Didn't help the defense out when they were trying to gather some stops. But uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, we just need to put an emphasis on finishing games when we have guys on the ropes. 
um, just doing our best to make sure that we kind of close it out because um, football is a game of four quarters and you can play three great quarters and, and not play so well in the fourth and, and not get the result that you want. So just finishing guys out and uh, continuing to play our brand of football. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably echo what most of the other guys said. I mean, it is cool to play in a league where every game feels like the biggest game of the year. And, like, you feel like you don't really have that in any other league. So, you know, that's a blessing. And But in order to win those close games, you need to do the little things right. And, you know, as an offense, we haven't been been doing that. And, you know, I think we've, we took, we've taken pride in playing in these rain games or playing our brand of football. And, you know, I think moving forward this week, I think we need to focus. I think we need to run the ball better. I think we left some yards out there on the table last week as an offensive line. And, you know, that, that starts up front. So we need to be better. And, you know, and like Pat said, like I'm excited for the rest of the season because I truly believe in, in our guys. And we'll definitely, I think we'll start, we'll start winning these, these, these close games. Yeah, like Pat was saying, you know, with every game being close, you know, yeah, you have two league losses, but anything can happen. So how does that help morale and help you guys kind of stay positive and keep your eyes, you know, on what's ahead and trying to get through the season, making a positive impact and trying to make a run, not just play spoiler? Yeah, I think for me um, and for the guys, I would say in general, it's a week-to-week focus. Um, and since you could look at the overarching picture of where the league standings are, but you can't let that affect how you go into any type of football activities and football actions through week to week and kind of blocking out that noise. Like that's a skill you have to have in the Ivy League since every game matters so much. Um, it's easy to get down on yourself, but I, we, I haven't had that in any experience I've had with Columbia football. Like older guys kind of taught me the way to go in a sense that you, you can look at it or whatever, but that's not going to change what we do when we get here. Like we're going to work. We're going to do our best. We're going to watch film. Nobody's skipping meetings because of it. Like, there's no change. There's no drop-off. So, for me, I don't even pay attention to that stuff. Like, we could be last in the Ivy or top in the Ivy. I'm still trying to go out there and play the game that I love. And it's not really about um, it's not really about winning the league week, out, week in and week out. It's about winning that game and dominating that person in front of me week in and week out because you can't look too far ahead up the stairs before you trip on the step in front of you. Um, so, that's the kind of stuff I try to keep in mind and a message I try to give to the guys. Yeah, um, I just think – I think right now, uh, more than ever, just uh, in need of a little bit of perspective, um, this whole thing's a process. Columbia football has been a process since Bagnoli's got here. Um, and if you think about – like, we inherited a program that was in a great place because of the older guys who were before us and, and, and Coach Bagnoli and the staff and how they developed the program. Um, but – Compared to where where we inherited and where we are now, I'm just going to use like a Princeton game for example. So we lost to Princeton um, my first two years here, and and obviously this year. And what made this year's loss even uh, more disheartening than in years past was we went in the game expecting to win, and not in a um, not in some sort of corny way. Like it was genuine. Yeah. We we went into the game saying we're better than these guys, and we expected to win. So when we came up short, um, yeah, that hurts more, and our ex- expectations are higher from you know everyone around us. So maybe um, that lost things a little more for uh, I don't I don't know like fans and um, people who follow the program, but that's that's a uh, that's a blessing to to go into a game and say you know we expect to beat these guys who in the past have uh, I mean we haven't beaten since 2018 so. 
this was the first year when we go into a Princeton game and we're like, no, we're, we're better than these guys. We got to beat them. And then when we didn't, yeah, that hurts. That and, and that's not good, obviously. But just to take a step back and do it, well, we're in a position now where we can look at Princeton and say, we're better than these guys. We should beat them. Um, and that's kind of where we're at with the rest of the league. And I think the rest of the league looks at every other team the same way. So when I say it's a, it's a we're fortunate to be in such a competitive league. Yes, that's true. And also, we're fortunate to be able to look at every game and genuinely say, yeah, guys, if we play our brand, we're going to beat these guys. Um, so I think right now, sitting at 0-2 in the league, losing both those games by a combined, combined score of six, um, just to say, hey, we, we've come a long way, and um, it's great that we're frustrated. It's great. So not uh, lose the energy for the last five, but go into it with even more and say, Let's turn this thing around and just start winning these games because we can and we know. You know, so. And offensively, looks like, you know, Caden, we threw the ball down field a little bit more. Uh, how exciting was that for you, kind of adding a little bit more of the vertical game into the game plan last week? Yeah, and especially in a ring game to have to have the trust um, that, that Coach Razio and, and Coach Favish and the rest of the staff had in us to throw the ball downfield. And, uh, you know, looking back on the film, you know, there were a couple plays where, uh, you know, whether it was a misread by me or, or we didn't come down with it, uh, they probably changed the outcome of that game. So, um, you know, it, it was nice to, to have a passing attack and, and it was nice to, to, you know, switch it up and, and, and not be so reliant on the run. But, um, you know, I think that there, there's still just miles and miles of improvement that needs to happen. Um, and, and I have no doubt that it will. It was great seeing Coach Bagnoli, uh around uh, on, on Saturday, obviously, he's got a lot of history with both schools and everything like that. And I think, you know, he went on the record and, you know, it was basically he was on the broadcast uh, in the third quarter. And it was like, you know, they asked him, like, you know, how, how, what is this? He's like, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Columbia. Like, he's like the, the, the pen ties are they're gone. And just kind of see that uh, is pretty cool, like that you guys and this place has had an impact on him when he spent like a fraction of time here uh, to there. And it was also fun because I spent the last couple minutes on the field kind of getting things ready for post-game media and all that sort of stuff. He's down there, and I, for the first time I got to hear him yell at officials. <laughs> I could always see him pacing back and forth, but to hear what he was actually saying was like a bucket list item. Like he was in the end zone just like there's a play we threw over the middle to J.J. Uh, down line. He's like, it's a hold. Like he's yeah. going nuts over there. <laughs> Coach Bagnoli yes. was yelling at officials. <laughs> That's, That's the best yeah. thing I've heard. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what was it like? Kind of, I'm sure he's around a little bit more this week. But, uh, you know, again, we've talked about his impact on the program. But uh, I'm sure it doesn't have any weight. But, you know, obviously Coach Favish played there. The, the, the Penn rivalry, is it a little bit extra? Or is it just another Ivy League game for you guys? I think it's just another Ivy League game. Like, all that history is within them. Like, it's none, none of us really harbor that. Um, in a sense, I know it means a lot more to them than it, than it is like just a regular game. But for us, especially for me, like, it's just they, – they don't stress it to us in any way. And, like, most of our defensive staff, I don't think – the only person that played in the Ivy is Coach Rice. He played at Yale. And he, he coached there as well. But, like, he says it's weird sometimes looking on film. But other than that, as far as the defense, we don't really think about it like that and that much. Like, they're really just another team. Like, we definitely compete with them, like, with their OC, like how Patty said. Like, he he, he, he cooks some stuff up. So, like, we're really competing with them. But I wouldn't say it's anything different than a, ho than a, than a homecoming game. Yeah, and I'm just going to say, like, the coaches make a big emphasis that it's not, like, a, a bigger deal. So, like, and 
we kind of every time we do, like we're kind of looking around, like yeah, we didn't really think so either. <laughs> like, um, I would almost say like I would have no problem if they wanted to make it a big deal and say, you know, I want to beat these guys because you know that's that's my alma mater. We used to coach there, and you know, we want to show them that we have a, we have a new spot that's better. Like, I would be fine with that. I think that's cool. But that's like, that's how I'd feel. That's yeah, what I'd do. Yeah, <laughs> that's they, what I would uh, do too. <laughs> they opt to just like make it another game, and like that's also great too. But either way, like you know. We're we we just we just approach it as a, another rivalry game. So it's only a matter of time before it's called the Bagnoli Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I well, mean the 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 the, uh, the Al Bagnoli uh, Trophy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like the Ludo yeah. Cup. Like, give us like a like a statue of <laughs> yeah. like Al Bagnoli. Oh. Like, that would be like awesome. A, He's got to be standing like this, just yeah. hands yeah. on hips. Or <laughs> <laughs> with a play calling sheet. Yeah. Put a ref on the trophy. Yeah, pointing at a yeah. ref. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would man. be tough. Incredible. Yeah, it was great to, to see him and be on the sidelines and, uh, you know, just it's it's just interesting for us as staff members too. It's still it's been eight years and it still carries. You kind of feel like it's a little bit extra there for us anyway. So, um, it, it's always fun. Steve, this was your first uh, full Columbia football game. So let's let's give. Why don't you give your little bit of homecoming. Uh, uh, experience that will put you on the spot as you just walk in. Yeah, for sure. So first, I know I wasn't here last week, so I wanted to shout out you guys for beating Marist. That was awesome. So that was uh, just had to get that out there. But yeah, this was the first time I was actually able to tune into a full game, and the whole experience was wild. The whole homecoming and that whole, like, just the amount of people that were there, even through the rain. I mean, it was the raining, what, for the fourth Saturday in a row, is that? Yep. Just absolutely insane. Um, and then, yeah, just seeing you guys play the whole – uh, 60 minutes was awesome. The defense, I thought, was impressive. Even when the comms went down, it was just everyone just coming together, everyone making things work. It just was so cool to watch you guys be yeah. out there. Unplugging coffee machines to make the comms yeah. <laughs> like, go back that's what, Everyone just coming crazy. together. Yeah. Yeah, what can we do? Like, it's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> Favorite homecoming memory outside of the game, like, you know, whether it's being with family or something happening or, you know, anything outside from Saturday's game. I would say um, every Friday, um, the Multicultural Greek Council, which is like the Council of uh, Minority Fraternities and Sororities, they host like a kind of a yard show where they do like steps, dances, routines and stuff. So that was cool to go to on Friday. I didn't perform myself because I was too busy to be practicing as a member of Cap Officer Fraternity Incorporated. But that's usually the highlight of like my homecoming weekend. Uh, Fridays, you usually see all the sororities and fraternities go out and perform. It's just a cool little get-together for the whole community. My parents came up, too. My parents are both members of the Divine Nine, uh, which is a historically a historic group of black sororities and fraternities. So it was good for them to be able to see it, too, and kind of see it in New York because they're both from Houston. So, yeah, that's pretty much my, my favorite homecoming memory, I would say. Um, yeah, I think for as, you know, terrible that last this past Saturday was um, – homecoming meant more for me in particular just seeing a lot of old teammates you know after being here for so long and playing with guys and you know it was really cool to see guys I played with my freshman year you know in 2019 and um so getting to see those guys uh was really cool and then seeing some of my friends in my age who graduated this past spring you know hanging out we went to dinner and hanging out with them and so it was nice catching up with a lot of guys that, you know, now I only get to see a couple times a year. So it means more now, you know, that I've had so many teammates that have graduated. Yeah, and just, uh, just on the same, like, note, um, like, those are Luke's friends and the guys he came through. 
with. And for me, like, those are guys I really looked up to. So um, to see those guys and, uh, you know, play in front of them and hopefully, you know, put a product that they can be somewhat proud of um, was uh, was awesome for me and I think the rest of the team. Um, and, you know, it, it hurt even more that we couldn't pull out the win for him, you know. But, uh, again, that, uh, that that's great to have him there and have that kind of pressure, so. Yeah, I'm just going to echo what Luke and Patty said. I think just playing in front of the, those guys that were seniors when you were a freshman or even guys that came before you and you heard stories about, it's just awesome to have the opportunity to play uh, in front of them. And, and, and yeah, it, it hurts a little bit more when you see them after the game and you just, you know, you, you wish you could have pulled it out for them. And, but, but it, you know, it's always great to see them catch up with them. And, and, and I would say that that's probably my homecoming highlight as well. So. Yeah, so um, moving on into one of our favorite segments, shout out to the game. You guys all know how it works by now. We like to give some shine to, you know, some of the players or anyone else out there whose name wasn't popping off the box score and whatnot. So if anybody wants to go first with their shout out, we can get on with it. I can go. I have one. Um, and I don't know a ton about this guy's reads or what he's doing, but, you know, he's had multiple, caused multiple turnovers this year, Rocco Milia. Um you know, as an offense, anytime a defense can get a turnover like that, I mean, it just completely flips the momentum. You feel it going out onto the field. So to have a linebacker like that who can, can make interceptions like that in the past game is is really is really a big deal, especially in close games like the ones we played Saturday. And so, yeah, I think he's been playing really well recently. And I don't, we haven't said him yet, right? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Uh, I think he's been playing really well recently from what I can see from the sideline. Obviously, I don't know all the X's and O's of his, of his position, but – Shout out Rockamilia for getting the ball back for the offense. Definitely. Uh, my shout out will go down to Raleigh Irwin. Uh, I saw him getting his nose dirty in there on, on the special teams and just making a difference, um, you know, wherever he can and giving his full effort whenever he gets his opportunity. So it was awesome to see Raleigh Irwin out there on special teams, uh, you know, making big hits, um, doing his responsibility. So yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to Quentin Autry. Um, he's our starting three tech. Um, you know, we had an injury to one of our key players, Ben Cornello, and that left a huge hole to three-tech position, a position that, honestly, you need to be pretty productive at, and you need an athlete and a guy who's going to do his job. Um, and, you know, you can't really replace Ben. Like, he was, he's, uh, to me, he's one of our best four or five players. Um, he gets hurt. So we have a hole there, and someone has to step up, and, and Q did it, and he's playing so good, um, just completely dominant. Uh and another example of a guy who just worked his way through and is now reaping the benefits of, of all that work. And I'm just so proud of him, and he makes my job a lot easier to have a guy who's playing that well right next to me. And then just um, on the same subject, just shout out Ben Cornell. Um, what a great teammate. Uh, you know, when you get hurt around here, it's it, it's hard. It's really hard because, um, you know, you have a whole season going on and a bunch of other guys uh, have to play. And there's a lot that goes into playing. You have to get ready for the game, and that's their focus. So there's not a lot of focus on roping injured guys in and into the camaraderie. So y- you have to put it on yourself to stay in there. And and Ben has done that better than I've seen anybody do it. Um, helping Q out, helping the entire defensive line out, um, staying locked in on the field, in meetings, in practice. Um, it's just having him there. Like if we lost that uh, senior presence in our room, that would have hurt us, but but he's put it on himself to, to stay there. So really appreciate him. Yeah, my shout-out of the game is going to go to uh, Little Levi Robbins, our uh, backup. That's crazy, bro. 
<laughs> our backup nickel. Levi? Yeah, Levi doesn't say much, man. He's a more quiet, reserved they guy. Call him little Levi. Little Levi. On the pod. Yes. Shout out, little Levi. <laughs> <laughs> Levi, know it up. But uh, yeah, so I think Aaron Brebner, when he caused that fumble on the fourth down, he had like his nose started uh, running as far as like blood coming out his nose. So he had to get all new gear and equipment because you can't play with blood on your jersey. And so they ended up the next drive, he wasn't ready to go. So they bumped Carter back to safety and, and A-B spot. And then we went nickel. So, I mean, Mace went to field corner. And so we needed extra DB on the field. So Levi Robbins, the freshman, stepped up in nickel, was out there for like three, four plays, did what he had to do, no MAs to my knowledge. Um, And so shout out to him for staying ready, man. He was dripped out too. It looked like he knew he was going to get out there. He was dripped. So, yeah, shout out to Levi. That's awesome. And before we move on from the Penn game, I do have one last question, Um, mostly for Pat. CJ, you could weigh in as well. Um, But I'm a huge football fan, but I'm not so super tuned into like the X's and O's and whatnot. Um, I'd love to, like, interview Jason Kelsey about this if I ever had the opportunity or, like, just a real NFL defensive lineman or offensive lineman. But you guys kind of went up against a tush push or a brotherly shove or however you want to call it <laughs> um, in that game. I think it was Penn's first or second score. I don't First score, yeah. First, first score. score. Um, but just what goes through your head when you pretty much see that play coming? How the heck do you defend it? What is just what's going on? And. Um, it's probably the toughest play and one of the biggest topics in all of football like this season. So I'm just curious what you have to say about it. Yeah, um, I mean, we've, we've gone against it uh, a couple times this year, and uh, honestly, we're pretty good at defending it. And we went against it last year, too, and we, and we knocked it down a few times, which is obviously isn't easy to do. But we were down in, inside the one uh, this past Saturday on the half-yard line, um, and they go into like we, we, had, we went in our heavy personnel because they brought their, their heavy personnel out. And typically when they go sneak, everyone will condense towards the center. So um, at first they were kind of spread out, so it was more like a base look that we're just going to play our base-heavy uh, assignments. Once they go sneak, where everybody gets you know condensed to the center, we'll condense our defense, put basically three three defense tackles and two gaps. So that's that was, uh, that was me, John, Martin, and Q. And then it's just like, you know, who's going to get lower and who's going to run their feet harder? Um, and... First of all, I'm going to put that touchdown on me. I, I was the one who jumped off sides on third and three. Um, if they ran that third and three, I'm confident we would have stopped it, kicked a field goal. So I, to me, in my head, I'm like, all right, well, I, get, I get the, gave up those four points. Um, but just on the same uh, note, um, I don't think they got in on that, really? on that fourth. No, nah. no. But it's, nah. it's hard. That's, another, yeah. it's, that's the other thing about it, too. It's probably so hard to officiate. Uh, you can't. Where do you, you don't see yeah. the ball. You can't. You yeah. can't. And it's a crazy you gotta, play. You got to just look at the movement of people, really. But yeah. they let that play go on for like 10 seconds. Two yeah, I, th- I thought they let it go on crazy. a little long. Um, this And really what it is is all the offensive linemen, they're going to go low. So at that point, like, you're just trying to go low and it's just a cut fest. So yeah. all the old linemen get – all the O-linemen and D-linemen, a lot of them just kind of get washed, except the one person who can't go as low, and we'll J- that's why Jason Kelsey's so good at it because he's just so much shorter than, like, other D-linemen in the NFL. Um, but the center has to snap the ball, so, like, out of his stance, he can't just, like, cut, right. basically, and, like, just surge forward. So what John Martin did, who was on the center, was, like, he just put the center in the lap of the quarterback, which is why the quarterback literally just stopped. And... We had him there, and we, and we had him surging, surging, um, stuck at, like, that that half-yard line. And then eventually, after, like, I'm going to say three, three, four seconds, where we – I mean, I felt like his forward momentum was stopped. 
they ended up pushing him in. But like like you said, it's an impossible play to officiate, which is why it's so yeah. great. You know, um, yeah. it was slow developing. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's exactly how long. I mean, it's just yeah. it's the officials' discretion of when they're going to stop the full yeah. Progress, it, so it's it, like it, it's it's hard. And like yeah. I said, I mean, and it, from my perspective, we I never should have put us in that situation to begin with. But uh, I thought we did a decent job defending. Jag One Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The Jag One team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jagonept.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. Make a brilliant move to Vandewater, luxury condominium residences in Morningside Heists. Discover an elevated approach to city living, a modern homage to old world elegance, breathtaking views of the Hudson River, Columbia University, and Riverside Church. Visit thevandewater.com today for more information. That's T-H-E-V-A-N-D-E-W-A-T-E-R.com. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area, nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. JAG-1 Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. Your first sip of Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic beer is a game changer. It tastes so good, you can't believe it's non-alcoholic. With a variety of craft beer styles from IPAs to sours, you can sip and celebrate alongside the Columbia Lions game-changing plays. Find a store near you or order online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code COLUMBIA10 to get 10% off their first six-pack at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, fit for all times. Exclusions and conditions apply. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. I'm going to fill in for Aaliyah. I, I thought of a segment. I heard it on another podcast. Won't be, won't be named, but hopefully they don't get too mad at us for, for borrowing it this week. Uh, we're going to do some superlatives, so like most likely to on the team. <laughs> so I got like five five things to go. We'll go go around the room and see what we got. So 
we'll we'll go easier and maybe go a little bit harder uh, as we get going. So first one is most likely to appear on a, a reality TV show. Marcus Libman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great answer. Which which one? It is a good answer. <laughs> the Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> the Bachelor. Yeah. Anybody else? I think that's the answer. Honestly, well, yeah. I'm trying to fix yeah, that's the answer. What are what are reality TV shows? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean Survivor, Amazing Race, uh, Survivor, Josh Powell. Oh yeah, <laughs> Naked <laughs> and Afraid, yeah, Josh Powell. Just because he looks like that. Yeah, yeah. Naked and Afraid, Josh Powell, for sure. A regular TV, like a regular TV show that actually requires acting, I would say James Miller. Yeah. Well, True. he's in that space. Yeah, right? he like likes yeah. doing yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. and he's good, pretty good at it. In yeah. My Maybe Mark Chapman. Why? Yeah. I, <laughs> okay, why? this is gonna sound bad, but like, this is this first part is gonna sound bad. Like Mark, it Mark's, Mark's a handsome guy. <laughs> like I told Mark, like he's told me this theory I t- before. I told yeah. Mark, like if he was a dog, he he looks like he would be expensive. <laughs> you have to pay a lot of money for him. Like, so he has that like TV face. Like you could, I feel like he could I be a news anchor. 100%. That's, I mean, that's not really a TV show, but yeah. 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 I think Marcus Littman for the bad. Yeah, yeah. that's the sure. consensus. Yeah, that's, You're, that's what everybody's looking at. That's the at. answer. Or any dating show, Love is Blind or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, most likely to run for president. Ooh. <laughs> Joe Green. Really? Dude, that's such a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I think too. Yeah. Really? Really? My answer is still in the quarterback room, but James McCollum. Yes. He's, he's another good too. answer. He's Him very too. well informed too. He is, he is uh, well informed. Very well informed. <laughs> about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah, knows yeah, a little yeah. bit about everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's very well informed. <laughs> I think quarterback is really the only room you can go to. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. We have quite the debates in the quarterback room. I was gonna say it could be CJ. Think I could be a president. CJ's a good see, answer. Yeah, I could see you running for president. Yeah. But Joe Green, that. that's Green's such a too. good one. I could see that. He's a good speaker. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. Joe can make you. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I won't get all the way into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could see that. All right. Most likely to be a spy. <laughs> Who's somebody that doesn't talk? Yeah, it's got to be somebody quiet, right? Maybe, maybe Quinn Hurley. You think Twitch? Twitch. That's Twitch? Is yeah. that Twitch? I'll say a little Levi. <laughs> no, wait. Are we going to talk about the obvious spies on the team? Oh, yeah. All right, no, yeah. That, that, that's where we're going to go to. Um, I don't really think you I'm going to say that. David Garland. Uh, <laughs> well, he's got it. Yeah. Armed Forces background. Yeah. And you, you ever seen 21 Jump Street? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That might be David Garland for the Columbia <laughs> football team. <laughs> Infiltrating. <laughs> Had to go back to school. <laughs> that, that, <Yeah. laughs> that, that that's just a uh, that's just a little joke that we have with uh, with DG Antonio White. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know who I think would be a that good story's spot? a little too far fetched. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds like you guys have something you should share. No, it's just <laughs> no, these, well, these two guys. Well, well uh, DG is uh, 28 years old and. <laughs> He he was he's a veteran. He he served in uh, the Navy, and so he's part of the, he's part of GS and. Um, CJ's just cracking up. Yeah, he, I mean DJ he's a great guy, you know, but uh, he's part of GS. And when he when he got into school, he reached out to Coach Bagnoli and was like, 
hey, like, I want to play, I want to play football. Like, can I join the team? And Coach Magnum was like, oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know, it's gonna be great to have a veteran around, like, like a a dude who just wants to be part of the team. Like, you know, can teach a lot of our young guys a lot of good stuff, and he has. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah And it's great. it's it's been uh it's been great. But as soon as he uh, <laughs> as soon as he got here, it's been DG like. You're definitely some informant, like trying to <laughs> infiltrate, <laughs> infiltrate the Columbia football team, Twenty One Jump Street style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that's been that's been the joke. That's been the joke uh, ever since. So, but Yo, shout out DG, low key Scott Rosati. I feel like Rosati could go anywhere and just like talk his way in anything, and you never really know if he's lying or not. You know who I I think would be good at that because of the same thing where he just loves trolling people, and so he's really good at keeping a deadpan. Yeah. Is Jack Larson? Yeah, and yeah, I know, Lars. I don't think he'd be like a really good spy, but I was just thinking about people like that. Yeah, that could just like but you know what I'm saying. Like you never really know with them. Like they're not giving any clues up. Yeah, I mean I live with Larson though, and he's the least observant person. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I really? I don't really know. Yeah, you have the more yeah. inside scoop. Yeah, Carter. What are we talking about? Yeah, Carter's Carter. Going, yeah. yeah, Carter. Carter. Good he's, you know he's quick. Yeah, we'll yeah, but he's very observant. He's yeah. super observant. Yeah. Like when Carter jokes, it's like one of the some of the funniest jokes you'll hear. He won't say anything, and then he'll say something. That like, just what? came from you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most likely to live the longest. Joey George. That's yeah. I was just hundred percent, hundred percent. The health freak. He put me onto the saunas in Dodge. I never knew about the saunas or even the effects of them, and I just heard him talking about it one day. Tried it, bro. I'll never it's go life back. Changing, right? It's life changing. Yeah. Really? He like he like. Yeah. It's it like that. Really? I went yesterday. It's like that. Yeah, you should. It's you like should that. Do it. Like I saw really? DG and Dave Bart in there yesterday. Like why? Well, and Reed so English. The health benefits are insane. It's like great for your heart. Like it reduces your chance of heart attack. Like all the health benefits for it are absolutely. Insane. Sleep better. Yeah, it's great. And then you get that cold shower after it. Like Dodge, yep. they got oh, that. Yeah. Sh- it's in yeah. the locker room. Yeah, yeah. You go get that cold shower. It's like bliss. There you go. Like if you ever could put bliss into a feeling. It's that sauna and cold shower. <laughs> it's really that. It's, it's, oh, yeah. that it's like that. Like, it takes you over. Like, yesterday I hadn't done it in a while. It just, like, took me over. I was like, wow. How long is that, like, whole process, though? How would like, you sit in the sauna? 20 minutes in the sauna, 5 yeah, minutes dude, in the shower? 20 yeah. minutes in the sauna is a long you can't, time. You can't start at 20. Like, you got to start at, like, 7, 8. <laughs> but, like, once really? you level up. Like, I think I did, like, 25. Me and, like, my timer went off, but me and Bart were just talking, so. What's, like, the optimal? Probably, like, 15 or 20. Yeah. Is there like a science around the optimal? Yeah, yeah there is per, a per week. I don't know. I think it's like fifty-seven minutes per week. Is really, like the number. So you call it an hour per call week. Call it an hour per week. Okay. Okay. It's not bad. <laughs> like sauna, when so I whenever I get like my own house, I'm getting a sauna in my crib. Yeah, really. Yeah, one of my friends has one. That's got to be expensive, no? Uh, one of my friends. You kind of get them like a portable. Yeah. Like in a box and plug oh, them yeah. up. Oh, he's, oh yeah. He's got a radio in his. Like, yeah. really? I think of like a steam room more. Like that feels Steam bad. room is tough too. Yeah, Steam but the sauna is b- health, like health wise, better for you. Why? It's just because you're not inhaling. I'm not a scientist. You're not, I mean, I thought you had an answer. Are you sure about that? Are uh, you sure? Yes, yeah, positive, positive. All right. I feel like the steam room is like what looks cool on paper. Like you go to steam room, you feel like you just. Yeah. I'm just like a big allergy guy. Like it's congested a lot. I feel like yeah. the steam would be good for me. No, nah, I feel you. Really? Yeah. Clears those lungs up. Yeah, sure. Not that I need it, but that being said, Joey Georgie probably unanimous. <laughs> Joey Georgie probably yeah, not probably looks after his health the most, like in terms of what he eats. Definitely, he's got like, the cleanest does. diet on the team. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. that being said, if we're talking about guys who just live long just because they will, 
regardless of what they do to their bodies, Malcolm Terry. (laughs) (laughs) Just because he's so stubborn? No, yeah, he's just like one of those guys. He won't die. He's like that 105-year-old person who's been chain-smoking for 90 years (laughs) and still is kicking it. He refuses to die. Will not die. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, Elnick, maybe Knox. I feel like Knox would just be that happy old guy. Definitely. I that just that. will yeah, not perish. Sure. Always got a smile. Like a cardigan. Yeah, <laughs> spirit <laughs> keeps him alive. Spirit keeps him there. I think Knox just might, like, turn 80 by the time he's 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't even want to know what that yeah. guy's going to feel when he's 40. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> With a lack of two big toenails at age 20. No thumbs. Is that not no the thumbs. weirdest thing you've ever seen? Like, I saw it once. I was like. Why is that purple? <laughs> like, why he's is got there no thumbs. There? <laughs> he's got no thumbs. Like, like, how do you play like that? He's like a dog <laughs> playing. <laughs> <laughs> no opposable thumbs. <laughs> it's like, what's going on, Knox? <laughs> like, no opposable thumbs. He's <laughs> just playing with mallets. Mallets, <laughs> Can't grab a thing. No. <laughs> Never gonna get called for holding. Yeah. No, never. never. No face it's not mask. Possible. You can't. Yeah. Just brute like force. A lot of shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have two braces on, or is it just one? Uh he might have two. I, I don't know. I know last year he had two. Maybe he had that's one crazy. He, played with yeah, two he, he, just, he couldn't. He couldn't move his, his upper body. He would like come out of practice, and it looked like he was like flexing, like the cowboy collar. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was all, he, was he would just like. be like standing, and be like, "Nah, why are you standing like that?" He's like, "I, uh, I can't." Just standing. <laughs> 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 He's just core. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. the only thing moving nowadays. Uh, most likely to get an embarrassing tattoo. Uh, Pat Calicchio. <laughs> oh, easy. Oh, <laughs> dude, why am I not thinking of these? I thought of that. I just didn't. Click yo, yeah. Click yo. Does he already have one, or is he most likely to? Uh, I just. Oh, Ewan. Ewan you know. too. Also, Ewan. Yeah, you. Aiden Baker as well. <laughs> Aiden Baker. We too. definitely have some guys with some interesting tattoos. Yeah. 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 Remember, remember this summer when Noah Jordan got the stick and poke, and Ace. it looked like it looked Ace. like it looked Ace. it looks good now, but yeah. it looked like it was like his leg was gonna his skin was gonna fall off. Yeah. Like it was. <laughs> That's uh, where oh, uh, it was infected. You talking about Ace? Did not ace, heal. Big Ace. Big Ace. What is he got the the Ace of Spades? He got on the his Ace thigh. of Spades tatted on his thigh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and Braden Belmer. Did it. Brandon did it. Stick oh, and my pump. gosh. So, I don't know I if mean, we should be saying that. Oh, here, he does I, that I don't know. <laughs> I thought he had a, a, a machine. Oh, he no, does. you're right. He does. He has I'm, I'm I mean, he wants to be a butt. tattoo artist. <laughs> yeah, Belmer has a machine. Yeah. I mean, I thought it came out pretty good. It came. It, it gave us one of the better nicknames we have. It Ace. looks no. It looks good. <laughs> Big now, Ace. When it was healing. Wait, it, it was like it was like swollen. It had like a no, like a some scab or something on it. Did it? I don't it remember. It healed that. right now. It I healed good now. So. Oh god. Are you sure it wasn't just peeling? Because like when you get no, a no, I know, I know what you mean. Okay. It wasn't peeling. Oh, oh just uh, <laughs> radioactive. <laughs> I think we can get a couple more of these. I like this. Yes, this keep going. Keep going. What yeah. about like Let's see. first to become a mil- a millionaire when they grow up? Yeah, most likely to become a millionaire. Oh jeez, you're gonna have to go with somebody that I might you know, already has like that big finance job. Like last yeah, year. Yeah, if you're talking like, like Scott, just like yeah, if you're talking about just like straight up, uh, like I'm numerically, like mathematically speaking, if they continue quickly on their job path, like it'll probably be somebody who works in banking or probably like yeah. Joe's working at Goldman. He starts in Goldman in like January. Yeah, so yeah. Like I'd probably say Macaulay. I, I think that's yeah, a good like answer. Yeah, he, he works investment banking. Like, talking about people who, like, do some crazy startup and become a millionaire, I feel like that's probably more, like, what the question's asking. Um, 
That's a harder question. You know, you know what else is not a bad answer to that is yeah. is Marcus Lipman, like just like a influencer type yeah, sort of guy. Yeah, find his way in some exactly, type of situation exactly. where it makes sense. Yep, yep. He said he wanted to be a sports agent. I said that, that's probably a that good works choice for him. Yeah, absolutely, you know, that works like for him. Yeah, you could convince a lot of people of a lot of stuff. Most likely to have a movie made about their lives. Oh, most likely to have a movie made about their lives. Or a Netflix series. Crazy thing we is, like half stories. our team could be having a movie made. Yeah, out of that's why <laughs> this is a lot of people I could choose from. Real quick, I want. I, I mean, you could just make a movie about TG. Yeah, that would just be like probably the funniest movie ever. Think about it; it'd be very similar to Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> it really <laughs> would. In the military, like, plays college yeah. football, like it would be very similar to Forrest Gump. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that that plot's already been done. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Like, there's <laughs> movies like DG's story. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Billy Madison, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I think depending on what like, Russo's ends up doing, I think you could make a movie about about Tony. It'd Tony, be like really? A, it'd be like a stone cold <laughs> man. <laughs> like it'd be the men's movie of all man's movies, like. <laughs> What's that even mean? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just like it depends on what he ends up doing, right? Like just the story of the guy that worked hard for everything he got. Like think about his story here, like hamstrings, yeah, yeah, turf yeah. toe. Yeah. Like That's came true. in having to like come in at first under his brother's shadow. Oh, like right, people yeah. just know him because of that. Just worked eighth <laughs> in the nation of tackles this yeah. year. Like it finally happened. Like I don't know. It just depends. I feel like you can make a good biopic about him. I'll go a little uh, football related. Most likely to, you know, replace Nick Saban as head coach of Alabama. Ooh, Ooh on our team right now. We don't have a lot of football nerds. It, it would have been Justin Woodley. It would have been Woodley. Aaron Brebner. Aaron Brebner. Aaron Brebner. Really? Yeah, he's a he's good a, mind. He's he's like he actually he's always watching tape. If Cook has a coaching tree, AB's gonna branch from that. Like, <laughs> yeah, AB fair. is like <laughs> Cook's disciple in that in that sense. Like, that he's real technical on it. Like sometimes like. Yeah, he'll say some stuff that I didn't even know. I'd be like, okay. Be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that that's the best one on defense I can think of. Yeah. I mean, offense, it's like one of the quarterbacks probably just because their understanding of the game probably outpaces most, most people's. Like, unless you're a DB or a quarterback, maybe a receiver, it's – like it's tough to really understand the pass game like that unless you're like yeah, part but then of it. the quarterback you don't have the elite like the elite of the elite understanding of the run game. But it's know, e- way way easier probably to probably understand but it. In my my having played in both, it's definitely probably easier to understand the run game from like a conceptual standpoint. There's just not that m- many crazy things you can do in the run game. Like there's a finite amount of things you can do, whereas like if you're like a real pass genius, you would be that's fair. A better coach. Fair. Yeah, it's it, it's really it's amazing. Like I I have a pretty good understanding of of like run concepts now. Yeah. Uh, especially playing O and D. Yeah. I don't know the first thing about passing attacks, defending them, how to draw one up. I don't know the first thing. Really? It's totally so many. Variables. I don't know They're what. what yeah, I don't even so know what a passing variables. concept is. Like you probably uh, understanding the screen game probably wouldn't be too tough because it's basically a run game. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but like drop back passes. Yeah, that's that's stuff. different, bro. Like if you if you knew like. I don't know concepts. Like pin, like that's that's a that's a that's a clinic to watch. Yeah. Just as far as like, I mean, pins run run concepts were great to, too. Like they they were able to get uh, 
great angles like with, with their blocking yeah. and, and interesting uh, blocking schemes. But I, I get that stuff. I don't know the first thing about passing attacks. It's crazy yeah. that we all play like Division One college yeah. football. And, like I know a lot about football. I would like to think just from playing for so long, and it's just so funny how much these coaches know more than me yeah. about yeah. football. Yeah. Like they've also you know been I I understand, but it's like you have like the average fan, then you have like Division One football player, then you have like these coaches that are up here. Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. Absolutely. Well, and, and it changes, too. Like, yeah. it's not the same as it was it's five not, years yeah, ago, yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. You have to constantly adapt. And that's what's so interesting, too, just about sports in general. It's like I'm a big baseball, football, and basketball fan. I think you could say, like, baseball as a manager, there's not really, like, that type of X's and O's level. It's like managing a bullpen. And, like, there's some stuff, like creating a lineup and whatever. Then you go to basketball, and there's there's plays and X's and O's. But that football just a completely Strategy, different level. Yeah. It's like yeah. I, I'm a huge football fan. I mentioned earlier when I talked to Pat about the, the tush push, I don't know anything. Like, I, I didn't play football, so I don't have that grasp. It's like I could probably manage a baseball game and you'd figure it out. Like, yeah. Well, oh, it, so the, so the, the Yankees are listening. Steve yeah, Spielman is helping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing about football, too, is, like, on top of it being conceptually, like, so complicated, you also have the most personnel to manage. And, like, yeah, true. recognizing personnel and different people's talents and abilities is, like, a super underrated talent of coaching that I don't think a lot of people – like, people get obsessed with X's and O's, but – being able to recognize talent and develop it and then like know when and where and how to utilize it and like create plays or systems around it is I think a very underrated quality that makes a lot of really good coaches really, really great. So it's not really your question, but yeah, little yeah, tangent there. It worked. Well, we might bring this uh, segment back next week. We'll talk to Aliyah and see what yeah, she, see she has anymore. But this was, this was fun. So um, looking ahead this week, um, you know, before we get into nuts and bolts and everything, you know, Dartmouth, not a close trip. What are you guys doing on the bus uh, on the way there on Friday? Just chopping. Um, you know, in the back of the bus, on the defensive bus, we always have a good chop going, just talking with, with the guys around us and, um, I, you know, doing our best to enjoy the ride. Uh, I remember, what was our long ride last year? We Georgetown? Georgetown, Georgetown, we were stuck, in, we were stuck traffic in traffic forever yeah, at Brown yeah. for Brown, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Brown was a long Yeah, I remember Brown. We, we traffic yeah. was forever. Yeah, we had a great chop going, and it definitely uh, made the ride more enjoyable. So that's going to be our focus. I'm going to be hyping, hyping the boys up to bring some good topics to the bus. So. Um, yeah, I'll probably just keep, like, preparing up to, up to the game. I mean, not the whole time, but I'll probably be watching film, like, going over tip sheets, uh, Stuff like that, and then unfortunately, I have a ton of homework I have to do. So that will yeah. probably there's just no other time this weekend that I'll be able to do it. So that's probably when I'll end up doing it. Yeah, it's I terrible. think watching film, uh, doing homework like Luke said, midterm seasons. It's for real. There's, yeah, there's no doubt about that. These two weeks are just the worst. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and 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 taking the time like Patty said to t you know talk to the guys. You know we're all a, a super close knit group, and just taking the time to enjoy it, and and you know talk about football, talk about life, you know, whatever the case may be. You hear the question? Yeah. Uh, what are we doing on the way, on the way to yeah, Dartmouth? Yeah, yeah. yeah, just like Patty said, just chopping it up, man. Like, <laughs> stories is flying. Like, <laughs> like this day is like, uh, and that's really one of my favorite parts about football besides, like, the game time and, like, <clears throat> really being able to go out there and fight with my brothers. I feel like that's a great part of it, and I love that. But, like, especially in college – um, like, it started in high school, but especially in college, especially being at Columbia, like, just the guys that I'm around, like, I love that. I love it so much. Like, it's just one of, the, like, funniest moments. 
you learn so much being around the guys. Like, today we had training room, and, like, I didn't really have anything wrong with me this week. I just went to chop it up. Like, just to be around the guys, like, it was one of the highlights of my days. It really warms it up for me. So, yeah, the bus ride, we're talking until everybody, like, falls asleep. Like, you kind of get the, that, that bus ride uh, that bus ride snooze. Uh, so, like, as, around when people start falling asleep, then you look around, it's only, like, two, three people awake, and you're like, all right, time to shut up. <laughs> it's well, like an hour and a half in, and then yeah. you're like, all right, I, everybody starts kind of weaning off. It's like, right. <laughs> I was going to ask that because uh, yeah. high school on the bus, I was the nap guy. I was always napping, and those were shorter trips. I was going to say, are there nap guys on your bus trips? Is, who's the first to fall asleep all the time? First to fall asleep, I'd say probably Aaron Brebner. I was gonna say Aaron too. Yeah, probably Brebner or Hayden. Like I feel like those guys kind of always fall off quick. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the last is me and JT every week. Like you guys are the ones yapping, keeping everyone up. Yeah, but we just kind of <laughs> look at each other. Eventually, it's like, what are we gonna go sleep now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I was up with y'all uh, week one. Yeah, yeah, week one. I mean, everybody. We, week one, we, we had a good chop. Yeah. My answer is easy. It's this guy to my left, Luke. He that guy can shut the lights off anytime <laughs> he wants and very quickly. It's pretty impressive. So yeah, that's my answer. Yeah, like I said, like I probably should do homework, and the real answer is I probably wound up being asleep. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think me. I think. Uh, yeah, I guess me. I guess I'm that. Yeah. I actually can't tell you who's asleep because usually I'm the oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll look ahead, uh, you know, some keys going into this week for you guys. You know, you, you talked about trying to clean a few things up. Um, what's it going to take to kind of bring home a win from Dartmouth this weekend? I think physicality <clears throat> in the sense that uh, they're kind of similar to Penn in the sense that Penn likes to mess with your eyes to kind of open up their passing game. Dartmouth likes to mess with your eyes to open up their run game, kind of get you misplaced. So from that sense, uh, it's like with Penn, it was kind of staying disciplined with your eyes. Now it's like being physical with your eyes. So it's kind of attacking them. They got a lot of hard runners, quick runners. Like they have a buffet of runners, uh, for lack of better terms. But they got a lot of stuff going on. So I think f for us it's like really physicality having our eyes right. Like that's what won us the game in 2021. Um, and they were the Ivy champs that year. So just having your eyes right. If you got your eyes right with Darwin, especially with our defense, because that's what it's predicated on, it's like knowing where your threats are will be good. Yeah, just I think same thing. Uh, I remember last year being out there. Yeah, they, they stress uh they stress your fundamentals out in your eyes and your discipline. So j just being gap sound and playing physical and just like I said, like um, four quarters, um, and if we get the chance, close them out. That's going to be the focus. And but aside from that, th there's no change. And you know, just continue to improve, um, refocus on being disciplined, and I think we'll have a great result. Just like I thought we were going to have a great result, by the way. And you know, the two other Ivy League games that we lost. But now the new focus is let's close people out and we have a chance. Yeah, I think Patty hit the nail on the head, closing the game out, especially when, you know, you have the lead and, and you're playing better than them for, for the most part. Um, and then the offense, offensive side of the ball just just comes down to execution, uh, continuing to run the ball well, improving upon that passing game uh, every week and, and just making the easy plays um, when they present themselves, just taking care of, of the easy plays and, and let the big ones come to you. Yeah, I think um, echo echo what Caden said. I think you know from an offensive line perspective, they like to put big dudes on their front four, eat up double teams, and let their linebackers run around and make a ton of tackles. And we had a lot of success last year running the ball against them because we just put our put our hands in the dirt and you know caused a lot of movement on the defensive line. So you know I think we're just gonna just we need to do again. We just need to you know 
strap it up and say we're bigger and stronger than you and we're going to move you. And I think, you know, when you can do that, then that opens up, you know, the pass game downfield. So, yeah, I think we just need to come back with physicality and run the ball better than we did this week. And like I say, every week we can beat anybody we play. So. Yeah, obviously, you know, this doesn't have anything to do with the X's and O's of the game or everything, but it's going to be the first time you guys go into Dartmouth and playing Dartmouth since Coach Stevens unfortunately passed away. It's going to be different with not having him on the sidelines. You know, you got between him and Coach Bagnoli not coaching this year. It's a big change for the Ivy League. Um, you know, just, again, it probably doesn't affect you, but it pro probably just needs to be said, you know, that, you know, our condolences to the Dartmouth family, and it's going to be strange not seeing him on that other sideline. I don't know if it's going to be the same for you guys. Yeah, rest in peace to him. He was definitely a presence on their sideline uh, that I noticed because he, he recruited me a little bit um, when I was coming out. But, like, you definitely notice him. It's kind of similar to Coach Bags um, in the sense that, like, he, he's vocal. You see his face, you know him. So, yeah, rest in peace to him for sure. It's definitely a, a tragic story. But a man that left definitely a, a, a huge legacy behind him uh, nonetheless. Yeah, just, I think, an amazing person. Um, I, obviously, I didn't never really talk to him, but um, – when you think of Ivy League football, you think of a few people, and he's one of uh, – he's definitely on the top of the list. So um, being innovative, like, I think that's that's a really uh, cool thing to be. So I, I think – I don't know if there's a more innovative person in football history. So um, really, really sad news. Rest in peace. And, uh, yeah, heart goes out to the Dartmouth family. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think starting off, just, you know, rest in peace to Coach Stevens. Um and like Patty said, you know, you think of you think of Ivy League football, and he's one of those very few names that that pops into your head along with Coach Bagnoli. So, um, and, and then just not to mention the changes that he's made um, in regards to safety for the players, and 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 kind of um, kind of the strides that he's made for for football, for Ivy League football, um, are are very unprecedented. So, um, prayers out to to the to the Dartmouth to the Dartmouth football team and and to uh, the Tevens family. Yeah, um, echoing what they said, and I think, you know, it's a testament to the type of type of coach he was and Manny was. You know, in this league, it's obviously very competitive, and there are feuds between coaches. You know, like everybody's got different guys they like and dislike, and you know, I think it's pretty unique that it, it seemed like it seemed to me at least that he was just well respected by every single program in the in the league, which you know. It's hard to do that when you're winning at the rate he was that all the other coaches also respected you and held him in such high esteem. So I think that just kind of speaks to the type of man he was. So rest in peace. Yep. All right. All right. Well, Mike, thank you for filling in for me last week and kind of taking the reins uh, this week. Well, uh, I hope they're not sponsoring us, but NG Transit kind of <laughs> helped me hostage a little bit, um, kept me from being here on time. So, yeah, just thank you for stepping up. Uh, do you want to let everyone know where they can, you know, find the game? Yeah, absolutely. So Columbia Dartmouth this Saturday, October 21st. It's a 1.30 p.m. kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. If you live in New England, it'll be on Nesson as well, uh, simulcast on the Regional Sports Network there. Uh, tickets are available for the last two home games. Not, we're not back uh, at Robert Craig Craft Field until November 4th. Uh, when we play Harvard, and then we follow that up with Senior Day against Brown on the 11th. So if you need tickets, uh, go to gocolumbialions.com slash tickets or call 888-LIONS-11. But this week, Columbia, Dartmouth, uh, Lions trying to get back on track here. Uh, big game against with a couple of good teams here. So hopefully you tune in, and thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, everybody.